Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Do you like stand-up comedy? Do you like drugos? That's drugs in Spanish. And do you like mustaches? Because if you said yes to all three of those, you are in for quite the episode today. We are honoring the mustaches of Saeed Tagmawi. I probably butchered that. And of course, the legendary Brian Cranston, as we discuss a movie that may be kept too close to the actual source material. We are talking 2016's The Infiltrator. Can you believe that was six years ago? I'm dying so fast. Anyway, let's take on one more drug cartel case, even though we could technically retire, work alongside a Puerto Rican who won't stop chewing gum, and make up a fiancé so our agency has to bring on a hot blonde to pretend to love you. Because it's 1985, baby, and a wife at home and a blonde at work is where it's at, motherfucker. Now play that shit theme song. It's the most podcast you We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make jokes, and then we'll all go home. All right, welcome to the Mustachioed Podcastio. I am your host, Daniel Segura. And today's guest, I've known for a pretty fucking long-ass time when I really think about it because I'm getting older and older. The best part is the older I'm getting, the older he is. And it makes me feel better. I think this is his third time on the podcast, I think. Yep. This dude is unstoppable. He's got like seven podcasts now. (laughs) he's a stand-up comedian and honestly other than the fact he's funny it blows my mind that he doesn't sweat more when standing up on stage i would be fucking drenched and his curvy ass is looking fine up there welcome to the mustachio podcast yo patrick christopher how's it going dude what's up man what's up how you doing pretty good pretty good welcome back dude Jesus, why do you got to talk about age? Like, out the gate, you talk about age. I'm about to turn 40, dog. Oh, God, that's scary, dude. 40. It's coming, man. It's coming for me, too. It'll Jesus. be right, it's right around the corner for me. I had a friend correct me because we were just in a casual conversation at a bar, and we were talking age, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, and my homie goes, bro, you're in your late 30s. I was like, oh, shit, I am. Fucking damn it. Because I just yeah. turned 37 in June. I'm still claiming 30s. It's fine. Uh, Hold on. 40s is a big fucking difference, dude. It's like a leap. Uh, So we'll see. And correction, I sweat a lot. I don't know where you get that. I don't sweat. (laughs) I sweat a lot. I think you have a nice glow. Like you, like I feel like when I'm sweating, like I call it I'm a one, glaze. But you got uh, a nice, yeah, you got a nice glaze. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, I feel like when I sweat, I look like someone holding information. Like I, I feel like a crook that is gonna be a narc soon, and I'm just yeah. sweating my balls off. Or someone that's like in the courtroom, and I'm testifying, and I'm trying to lie, but I look like I'm lying to everybody, and. Yeah, it's very obvious. I I'm I hate that, dude. I hate that about myself. But I I'm an easy sweater, dude. I sweat so easily. I can sweat sitting down. If the room is like at seven, you know, I would say seventy four degrees, seventy five, and I'm just sitting, I might sweat. Yeah, <laughs> and, 
And my thing, uh, my thing, I, I pace before I go on stage. I pace. So I'm already sweating before I get on stage. <laughs> and people are thinking, like, man, what is this guy doing? Like, is he, like, is he spraying himself down? Is he hosing himself down? Like, no, I'm just pacing. Like, a, like a brisk. Not like a, I'm not running back and forth. I'm just, like, yeah. pacing. Uh, in your yeah, mind, I'm, right. I used to do that before I would hit the stage singing. I used to pace real bad. I honestly, I used to pace on stage when I was really young too. I had a bad habit of that shit, dude. Yeah, my so thing, bad. like, I just, I, I don't like going up cold, and I can't really talk before I go on stage because, like, if like I don't want to make noise and stuff, so I'll be like, uh, yeah, just pacing and like bumbling, ba 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 ba, just like in your own head and shit, just trying to get everything situated. Yeah, because I've had, like, my big fear is, like, I go upstage. Like, I've never froze on stage, but that's, like, my big fear is, like, what if I get up there and no sounds come out? So I'm, like, testing, like, can I hear myself? Am I talking? Are words coming out of my mouth? And then I'm just walking back and forth. So, yeah, I, I panic. I don't know why I do this shit. It's it's <laughs> mental health. It's, like, the worst drug I've ever done in my life. And the uh, fact that you've, you've done so many shows at this point and you still feel like, oh, there's a chance I might. I think it's, I mean, it is, scary. it is scary, especially if you've bombed before. I feel like it stays with you and you're just like, I just don't want that to happen. I want to have a good night. I don't want this to be ruined. I want, I want to make sure this works out okay. And yeah. it's hard to shake that off, I would imagine. Yeah, and I'm doing longer sets now, so even if I'm oh, doing good. good, yeah, even if I'm doing good, there's an opportunity to bomb at any second, and I yeah. do. Uh, yeah. I had a really bad one this past weekend where I just started like belittling the the audience, which is like so bad. I just <laughs> I get so scared. You, I just you, I, that, I feel like mode. that is you. You you are very good at um, turning on the audience. Like you, yeah, I, it's you it'll be funny at first, but then after a while, I could. I can feel um I know I know you. Like I know I, I've known you for a bit. I'm I know we did, weren't you know close for a lot of years, but like yeah. I know you have an edge to you. And I can imagine when your stress gets to a certain level, yeah, you, you can just kind of <laughs> judo chop the crowd. Cause my my thing, like if they don't laugh at something that I've been working on for a long time, I take that very personal, like a personal attack. I was like, you know, you know, you just attacked me. So you know what? <laughs> You're fat, <laughs> you know. You're ugly, you know. Oh I just like God. fucking go off on all this shit. I'm like, and they, I heard they, Joe, Joe DeRosa even... said he used to be like that. Yeah, it's it's not it's not good. I mean, the comics like it, but the audience doesn't like it, and it doesn't help me get. Uh, it's n- I'm not doing anything for my career. My career. Just, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut up, my God. My career. <laughs> And I mean, it, at this point, it's it's a it has to be a career, dude, or you're crazy person. Like this is a career for you. You've been doing this for how long now? Like, uh, going on five years. Yeah, it's a career now. Well, no matter career, what. Yeah, there's there's not that much money involved. And, no, uh, but yeah, there's time, effort. Um, the fact that you get something out of it personally, I think it's a career. You know, yeah. I I see it as a career. You, I feel like you're probably looking at it from the whatever you level you the way you determine your success level but i feel like if you're putting in that much time it's definitely a career at this point or you're like to me it's like you're either you're either making it a career mentally or something's wrong and you should (laughs) or maybe it's a little bit of both something's wrong completely both and uh it's just depending on the night it might be more mental (laughs) and less enjoyable uh 
but I'm, I'm having fun, man. I'm doing. I'm yeah, doing dude. I always think about um, what you told me, like when you met Bobby Lee and shit, and he was all hands handsy with you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you know that sounds like him. I don't know if he was at the time drinking or. He uh, had or... just yeah, he had just fallen off. I don't know exactly what he was doing, but like shortly after that, after he was in San Antonio, he did admit that he was uh, he fell off on whatever he was uh... doing. Uh, but yeah, I had to tell Bobby Lee to, to take, to not touch me <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and it, it ruined, uh, opportunities for me. So I think he's naturally kind of intimidated by some people and as like a power just be, I, I've seen every episode of bad friends The I haven't seen all of tiger belly. I I'm kind of on and off with that. Yeah, it's because Kalila sometimes like eh, I don't know she acts like she knows too much or something. I don't know. She's kind of a well actually kind of person, and that yeah. annoys me. Yeah. But um, and I I uh, I'm not going to talk to you about Santito, but I do like their dynamic, and I've gotten to know Bobby quite a bit just from that show. And I'm like, I could tell he was probably doing that stuff because he was he just wanted to exert power. I, yeah, that's probably. what I feel like that is right. Yeah, probably. And we don't fuck with that because the way we grew up, I mean, someone doing that shit to you, you automatically have to stomp that shit or else that shit's going to last for the rest, like forever. Yeah, I just didn't want him to get the <laughs> wrong idea. But then again, like he gave out all these guest spots to everybody. Like we went to uh, to Denny's like afterwards and it was a big group of us. And he's like going down the road like you get a guest spot, you get a guest spot. And he looks at me, he's like, maybe next time. I was like, OK, because I told you, because I told you to stop touching me. Uh <laughs> Allegedly, I don't know. I don't want to get in any shit. You know? Well, yeah, no, no. You I still, need... I still love. It. I mean, like, I'm a fan of his comedy. I, th- I think he's yeah, fucking hilarious. He's good. You know, he's funny man. I mean, uh, this guy like op- like shows people his asshole. Like, he is this kind of person. He's a very physical person, and he's that way. And not everyone enjoys that. I remember one time I was at a party. I won't name any names, but uh, <laughs> one of them was a close friend of mine. But I think you would know both of them. They were both back in the day when when uh we were playing music and stuff but yeah i was at a party and jokingly one of the guys kind of did a little like almost like an italian mobster little double tap on the cheek you know mm-hmm. like in a loving way and the guy said don't fucking touch my face like in a very serious way he's like ah come on and he slapped him again a couple of times and then the guy just straight up tried to swing at his ass yeah dude that's a bad habit like people that double down like when you say like, yes. "Hey man, like just knock it off," like please just knock it off. They're like, "All right," and then they they double down and shit. Like, I hate that. Yeah, because That's why sometimes then you I'd rather not say anything. Yes, because then you gotta be the asshole, and then like you make the scene like, "Ah, oh, just let him touch you." Like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I kind of think about like, what's my relationship with this person? Do I know? Like, if I don't really know the person, I do something that rubs me the wrong way. I'll consider. I'll give you a pass. Yeah, but then if you do it again. After I've gotten to know you for a little bit, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to let you know now. And I'm going to yeah. be very serious about it. But my friends, like, or anyone that I've known for a little bit, I'll just tell you, like, don't fucking do that. There are, there is some things, like, I fucking hate it when someone calls me buddy. I oh, fucking really? hate that. Yes. If you, I, know, I think we've talked about this before, maybe, because <laughs> I think you do buddy sometimes, right? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I, because I, I'm bad at names. I'm so bad at names. I am too. And I so, know. like, I remember one time, and like, it still sticks me today. Like, I, I just met some dude, like, at a party, you know, and I called him, like, right, bro? And he's like, I'm not your bro, dude. And I was like, all right, that's kind of douchey, though. I would same thing. It's the same thing with buddy. <laughs> no, I feel like buddy's a little kind of like you're like a little buddy, and I'm like I'm not your little fucking like uh, it feels kind of like sub, like you're yeah. subbing me. 
like you're we're not at the same level i don't like that especially if it's if i'm at work and it's an older cat yeah and it's a dude and he's like hey good job buddy i'm like i'm not your fucking buddy dude i'm not your little fucking nephew doing work for you man i'm, I'm so a grown-ass man i'm so hard up for friends like yeah bump your buddy that's fine <laughs> You wish you had one of those my buddies when we were kids, those little my buddies. Yeah, dude, I, I had to because I had no friends. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, well, I'm yeah, so dude. I'm so hard up. My like my handle is your homie Pat. Like it was like I'm your homie. <laughs> like we're <laughs> friends. <laughs> so let's right away, let's plug let's play I, I joked about you having seven podcasts. You don't have seven, but I know you have some new podcasts that you've been working on and some are on like YouTube and shit. Like what plug those away now. Yeah, dude, I have uh, one that I co-host with other comics. It's called uh, Duderman Homie Bro, because uh, <laughs> friends was already taken, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yes. So it's just it's just three buddies. Uh, we just talk shit, and we're all at different levels in comedy. Like one's like uh, one year in, I'm four years in, and the other guy is like eight years in, something like that. And uh, so yeah, it's just us hanging out. Sometimes we bring on guests and and you know find out about them and just try to like make each other laugh it's like a like a like a green room hang sesh you know oh, nice. to, you know like we're all we're all comics we're all trying to outdo each other trying to be like the funny one you know and yeah. uh so i got that going on um so that's going pretty good and then i have uh pat out of hell uh which was a solo podcast gonna but i'm gonna bring it back and bring on guests and that's gonna be more of like a like a mental health type of like but in, in a light joking way and i like I like complaints. I think complaints are good. I think letting letting people get stuff off their chest, venting, and venting, yeah. uh, great. And then we're all we're trying to make jokes about pet it. And stuff. Yeah, I think about pet peeves all the time. That's actually something with in the whole dating thing, like me dating people. I like to f- learn about pe- people's pet peeves. I feel yeah. like. Before you find out too late. (laughs) Yes. And it also tells you about somebody, you know, it's pretty intimate, like what bothers people. So that's kind of cool. I like that. What's what's one of your pet peeves right off the dome? Ooh, man. Hmm. I'd say like somebody who is too much about it's weird because I don't like someone that talks to me when I'm having a one-on-one conversation and they never look at me in the eyes, but I also hate it if someone can't stop staring at me right in my eyeballs when I'm talking to them. Yeah. So if they're staring at me a little bit too much, it makes me incredibly uncomfortable and I can't stand it. That's definitely a pet peeve, but some people just that they can't help it. So I'll, I'll deal with it. But inside I'm like, I kind of want to end this conversation. Yeah. That's why one of them. I'm pretty awkward with that. I, I either stare too hard or I don't stare at all. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it gets people mixed signals and stuff. Yeah, I'd rather uh, don't stare at all. But I what I always get the so if someone doesn't stare at all, I'm assuming you want me to leave this conversation. Like you're you're done with me, so I'll yeah, close it out quick. So yeah. you got to give me a little bit, just even if it's for two seconds, one second, and I'll know that okay, you're still interested in what's going on here. Yeah, for sure. Oh. If you're looking for another spooky and funny podcast to add to your rotation, check out Anything Bones, now part of the Podmoth Network. Hey, Boneheads, I'm Sophie Schwartz. And I'm Caitlin Hart. And we're the hosts of Anything Bones, the podcast where we talk about bones and bone-related topics. Soph, what are bone-related topics? 
Thank you for asking, Caitlin. This can be anything from mausoleums to murderers, famous skeletons to cadaver dogs, bone churches, mummies, serial killers. You'll hear about them all. And sometimes we have guests stop by and tell us their favorite bony tales. Check out Anything Bones on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever your little heart desires. We release new episodes every Saturday. Bone Voyage. How about you? What's a what's a pet peeve? I hate. <laughs> and what's weird, like this is a pet peeve of mine, and then I catch myself doing it. I hate when people ask answer a question like uh, yes and no. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. oh, like you know, was it hot outside? Yes and no. <laughs> no, like is, what is it? Is it yes? Is it no? It's like like Maso Menos. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I was like, I I hate that. Yes, yes and no. Yeah, it's kind of a cliche way to answer in the most like neutral, vague way ever. Yes, it's vague. Yes, the vaguest, vague, vaguest vagueness of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you got that, and then do you still? You have a couple. You have another one, right? (laughs) No. Well, I just I just have those two right now. But Um, those are two ones that you're putting in active because i know you've done some other projects but oh i've done so many projects man yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you know how it, well i guess you don't know like you started this podcast and it just took off like congratulations kind of stuck I mean, to it yeah. i mean good good for you i mean like it, it it's it's working for you it's a good podcast yeah. uh but I've, I've tried just several different things and just i get tired of it or people don't dig it and i I, I, I bail on it and stuff and one thing that's time bu- consuming one thing that bugs me is like months later months months later people will say i really like that one podcast that you did like half a year ago i was like oh i wish you would have told me before before i bailed (laughs) on it you know i'm not doing that anymore but i'm glad that you know you liked it that's the concept of the mustachio podcast i would be i would keep doing it until people like it (laughs) yeah 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 good for you five years from now people are gonna look back and you're like it's a pretty good podcast we need to catch up on some of the old episodes yeah but i'm, I'm gonna start uh, picking up some new projects man i'm, I'm moving into a studio i'm, get, I'm getting my own podcast I saw that. studio yeah congratulations dude. on that man that's next level dude yeah i'm stoked about Love that it. man i'm trying to make something out of nothing you know and uh hopefully it works or hopefully uh it's just fun while it lasts <laughs> are you are you looking to like provide almost kind of you know we both were musicians and bands is it kind of in that same concept of it's a like what's a rehearsal space for bands kind of like a podcast space where podcasters can come with their shows like you know block a certain amount of time or something yeah like that. yeah the, the plan is to like move into like a producer role that's and, amazing and help people like produce and like just build build a network try to build the, the volcoa core network and uh just work with different other comics or other like artists or other people that want to do podcasts you know bring them in and i'll have how the room set up and mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's that's gonna take time. I wanna I wanna get it set up. I wanna start running my own uh podcast that I do the Duderman Homie Bro and then the Pat Out of Hell. And then once I better understand like the room and the equipment and all that stuff, wanna start mm-hmm. producing other people's podcasts. Dude, well let me know, man, because I might be interested in that because yeah, dude, yeah. I think that would be fun. And I yeah. might not only what might I be interested, but I also know other people interested in podcasting that might be interested. So I think I can that are local. So I think I can help you out with uh, getting a few, a few yeah, connections man. in there. Yeah, that's the plan. Some clients, that's the plan. That that would be fun. I, I really am wanting to uh, do something in the next 
I don't know, like three or four months. Uh, we'll see. I've, I've had a lot of setbacks recently, but I'm still doing the podcast. I'm trying to at least keep that going. I'm not yeah. getting it out every week, but I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying my best. It's just yeah. really tough at my job. It's really horrible in the summer, and it's just taking up so much time. But it's all what good. Things are, are starting to stripper? cool down. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm just guys busy love- time. <laughs> yeah, I like how it automatically said guys. Like, uh, I work at a gay strip club. <laughs> hey man money's money dude money's money if like i knew guys would like me more than chicks and it was gonna be more money yeah i would dance for guys fuck it yeah bother me dog but anyway so we are talking the infiltrator 2016 i had never heard of this movie had you same dude i was so surprised when you sent this to me i've never heard of it before like it it came out 2016 under the radar like really i didn't hear nothing about it i don't remember i don't remember like I don't. I'm not, I, shit. I don't even remember what I was doing in 2016, but I really don't remember seeing a lot of trailers, a lot of promos for this. This one kind of came and went, but it seemed to do moderately okay in the box office, or at least got its money back. Uh, it I, didn't blow up. I have I have my my theories on why, you know, because I mean everybody's done like movies like this, yes. but this this was like pretty. It was more business than actual like action and stuff. This one seemed to kind of stick to a little bit more. Because I think the movies that do this kind of stuff, like based on a true story kind of stuff like this, they will like a little bit. um, What's the word kind of add a little something, a little spice, a little fluff and make it seem like bigger than it was. This one tries kind of tries to stick to what actually happened and what actually happens in life. Isn't always as exciting. Yeah, it it was. (laughs) It wasn't glorifying drugs. It wasn't glorifying the party aspect of it, which I'm just like, procedural almost. yeah, Uh, you got to make it look good. Why are these people like throwing away their lives on this stuff? Because it is, it is fun. I mean, I would have loved to have been an adult in the eighties. Uh, oh, I, I mean, yeah, this takes place in 1985, which is the year I was born. And I'm just like, damn, man, just yeah, the time dude. to be doing. And also, I've said this before on the podcast and maybe on other guests on other shows I've guested on. Damn it, man. If I had been 25, 30 in the 80s, I would have wanted to deal drugs, too. Like, it just was yeah. easier then. <laughs> I would have been I would have been in the money of it. I would have oh, been yeah. in the party of it. I would have been dead by now, you know? Yeah, we both would have been dead or in prison. For sure. But for And like, it would have been worth it. <laughs> that's true. For like five to ten years, you were gonna be so freaking rich that you could yeah. do anything you wanted to do. There was yeah. no internet, there was no cell phones. You could literally get away with any you could just kill fools and just like make sure nobody like you just just I mean, just make sure you don't come on them. And <laughs> yeah, dude. Even say, then. Yeah, I was, they gonna, I was even, just gonna say scratch them, but yeah, come. Don't come on them. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm the sticky bandit. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it just blows my mind. So I found this movie because I wanted to honor. It wasn't so much because of Brian Cranston. That was bonus mustache. I was going to honor that Saeed Tagmoi, I think his name is. He plays Amjad Awan, which is he's the banker Mm -hmm. with the glasses and the mustache. He's in Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman. And I just finished watching Wonder Woman. And he's in there and he plays like a, I don't know what he, I'm not sure if it's French or something, but he has a dope little mustache. And so I was like, looked up his name and I was like, oh, he wears mustaches like on the regular. 
not all the time, but uh, like pretty often. And I was like, I wonder what other movies he's done. And then I saw The mm. Infiltrator and it had Brian Cranston on there with a freaking crazy thick ass mustache. And I was like, OK, yeah. so I looked at the trailer and then I saw like three or four other mustaches. And I was like, all right, this has to happen. <laughs> Late <laughs> 80s, to man. Everybody had mustache back then. I Everybody know. Like, yeah. And it's it so rare movie. to find a 2016 movie with them. Yeah. And I I know Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle. That's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I never really got into, uh, what's that big one? Uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Never it's got good. into that. And uh, he has kind of more of a goatee there, but he does have facial hair. Yeah. He's good. Uh, it, I would definitely dig into that if you ever, like, I don't know, maybe you get COVID and you're stuck at home for a little bit. Start up Breaking Bad. Give it a whirl, man. Yeah, but the whole thing, I just can't disconnect Hal from any other character that he's doing. He's <laughs> he's always Hal to me, dude. So even throughout this movie, I was like, Hal's wearing that leather jacket? That's so Hal. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially the beginning because this is yeah. <laughs> the first movie that ever started with a horse. We have not had a lot of horseshoe, like true horseshoe mustaches on this yeah. show. This is the first one that kicks off with Brian Cranston walking into a bowling alley of all places. That is the most 70s shit I could think of is going into a bowling alley. Yeah. And he's dressed just like that. And he has like a full-blown horseshoe mustache and he's undercover. And I was just blown away. I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. This yeah. movie's going to be. He's kind of putting on a persona, which yeah. is so fun. He's like in character because it, it's weird. He's such a good actor. This undercover character that he was playing with this uh, very big. This was just to kind of introduce us to his character where he plays Um, in this part. He's playing Robert Mazur mm -hmm. and his name's Bob. Everyone calls him Bob. And he actually has a different personality than when he becomes Bob Musella mm -hmm. uh, later on in the film. He does a good job of kind of like he adjusts to whatever i don't know crime syndicate he's working with you know undercover and shit that was a really cool introduction to his character he's like hitting on the server at the bowling alley yeah. he gives him like 20 bucks he's like i just like watching you walk away baby <laughs> yeah like, and th this is the only scene where they show drugs the only scene in the movie where there's drugs involved are you sure were they yeah. actually show the drugs? Yeah. Remember, she, she was asking for, like, oh, oh, usually I get paid off in, what is it called? And then he showed her the little. A gram. Yeah. And uh, yeah. only time. And this is a movie about, about uh, Pablo Escobar and yeah, drugs Pablo and Escobar. money. and But that's, that's the only scene. I think that's why they do good, because they didn't glorify drugs. Yeah, they didn't glorify. They, this is, like, whatever Scarface was, this is the complete fucking opposite of that. It's a yeah. very... It's very much more on the perspective of because he's a um, he's not a he's not DEA. He's like a fucking um, and he's not FBI. Oh, what the hell is he? He's like a drug. Um, I thought he was FBI. What he's is he? No, he's something else. It's like it's weird. He's like it's a part of. Uh, let me see. Oh, he's a U.S. Customs Special Agent. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I swear to God, we have such a bureaucracy in the states that we have like a three or four organizations that could be battling the the you know drugs and crime, like any kind of syndicate or cartel stuff. We have like yeah. several agencies that could be working on that, and that's what he's. Uh, that's where he is. Uh, he's mm -hmm. a cus U.S. Customs Special Agent. So I guess he's more focused on the keeping drugs from entering the United States. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's what he specializes in. 
I, I was thinking the same thing because I thought he was FBI as well. Yeah. Um, but they work in cohesiveness with the FBI and DEA. That's mm-hmm. what it, that's kind of what I got was they all kind of communicate us to so that way they're not like working on the same cases. Mm. They're all kind of communicating with each other. The only one that looks like they kind of work from a separate branch is the CIA. Mm-hmm. At least from watching this movie, and I'm sure there's people that know about this stuff way, way more than us, but it looks like the CIA, because at the end of the movie, they mentioned like the CIA, they found mm-hmm. out through uh, through the investigation, they found that the CIA actually had a bank accounts with this bank that we uh, learned about in the movie yeah. um, that nobody knew about but the CIA, like not mm-hmm. even like the president, like nobody fucking knew about it or some shit. Yeah. But um, I do like the I like the opening. I think it's a good way to show that he's a pro. He fucking he has like a saving Silverman moment where he's he has the wire on and it starts burning the fuck out of him. Yeah, dude. Wild. Because he pretends I, I, he's having like an appendix issue. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my appendix just burst. Like, <laughs> dude, like I, I am I am so like sensitive to like burns. Not sensitive to burns, like, but like that would like just break I would break character. You know that e- would break you immediately. Immediately. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it burned a big old hole in his chest. Oh man, it was bad. Uh, but they still end up cat. He holds on long enough to where the authorities arrive, they arrest the dude, and the dude is still figuring that he's that Brian Cranston's character is like with him. Mm-hmm. But they set it up to where they dump him in one car and they dump Brian Cranston in, in another car. Yeah, and they pull his shirt up and he just has like, yeah, it looks like a a giant cigar just yeah. burned him right in the fucking stomach it was pretty well but that actually we find out because that happened the uh the agency was gonna allow him to retire with full benefits yeah dude yeah they're like be- because because you're injured because of the injuries you know you're qualified full benefits to retire we're gonna miss you and he's like not going anywhere <laughs> what is wrong with you that's ridiculous dude like I'm ready to retire at any moment, you know, yes. <laughs> any reason, give me disability, anything. And he's like, nah, I'm in it for the love of the game. I was like, no, dude. I got one more. He's the Tom Brady of, uh, of crime fighting. He's just like, I got one more in me. Yeah. So he decides to stick around and he gets on the case for uh, Pablo Escobar, but he needs to work his way up. That's kind of what the film captures. It's like, it's not so much. We, we get like one glimpse of Pablo Escobar, like in real life, like where he actually saw him walk by. That's it. Uh, just a glimpse. That's it. Just a glimpse. Cause he's trying to work his way up and, and he starts from the bottom. Mm-hmm. They use like some informant. Um, and he's working with uh, Johnny Leg- uh Johnny. I always call him Johnny legs, but uh, John Leguizamo. Uh, who plays Amir Abreu, mm-hmm. and he's actually awesome in this movie, dude. I like. I thought Johnny like uh, John Leguizamo did a good job, dude. I don't like John Leguizamo. Wait, what? Oh no! I can't stand. Well, okay, I, t- I take that back. He's a. Great you don't like actor. Puerto Ricans? Wait, 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 <laughs> wait. That's not what I said. Okay, I just. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like gum chewing. And he chews gum oh, in yeah. every scene when he's eating, when he's drinking, when he's smoking. And then I didn't he, even he, notice that. Oh, I noticed. Pet peeve. That's a pet peeve of mine. If you, if you chew gum, gum like John Leguizamo, ah, uh, 
See, I'm a hard mint guy, so I'll never get to you then. <laughs> yeah, dude. But just like that, they they, hold, they make a whole action out of it. I can't even do it, but they make a whole like make 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 you know that they're chewing gum, and it's a, most annoying with their mouth uh-huh. open and just smacking yeah. it. I didn't even notice that at first. I guess I'll have to go back and check that out because, I mean, he was kind of like – and I think they were trying to – because they both don't really trust each other, and they have to work together on this case. Yeah. There was – I will probably get to that, but, like, they make it it a point to, like, let everybody know, like, we don't trust each other, like, because he he almost died. He didn't get the information, and then he's like, I – I have you back. Do you have my back? I was like, well, these are questions that we should have asked like before we started. That's what <laughs> I know? was thinking too. I'm like, before y'all even got into working with this informant and and setting up this like initial deal, they they work with um Gonzalez Se- I think it's like uh Gon- Gonzalo Sr. and Gonzalo Jr. Yeah. And they both work for Pablo Escobar's whole syndicate and they set up a deal to work basically what Bob who's uh, Brian Cranston, he's he set himself up to be the head of um like a money laundering business. Mm-hmm. He owns a bunch of different businesses. At least that's the way he set it up. Yeah. By the way, I love that they go through a graveyard to like get their names and shit. That was cool. Yeah, that's you, pretty you, fucking cool. You can't Google. You can't, and then people can't look it up and stuff. So they need yes. to find somebody that does have a history. That if they did look them up, like oh, they did exist, and this, yes. they they use somebody that's close to their birthday. So it all makes sense. So if they Genius. do dig, yeah, if they do dig into it, it'll probably take them a while to find out. Like, oh, this person actually died or something exactly. like that. Exactly. That's the uh, magic of not having internet readily available back then. Yeah. Because now it'd be so easy to find out if somebody had actually died and you're using their name. I think um, identity theft's probably pretty. It's probably pretty intricate now if you really want to do stuff like that. Yeah, but, I, I, um, I've never seen anything like that. Like, I thought, like, when they make up, a, like, a new character, a new name, they just, like, make it up. But, but no, they went to go research. Oh, this person, Bob, whatever, same year of my birth. Uh, let's go with this guy. Yeah, and Amir's, like, I just want, he's like, I like that name. It's sexy. It's it like, sounds why sexy. do you care if it's sexy? He's like, it's my name. I just kind of, like, what the yeah. fuck, dude? They have very different personalities. Like, that's the, the movie really shows, like, Brian Cranston's more of a, very black and white yeah. kind of stern person and Amir actually has a personality and he's kind of yeah. fun and jokey. He's yeah, John Lincoln was almost having fun with it. <clears throat> yes, he's Brian having a good Cranston, time. Uh, how means business, but yes. How <laughs> yeah. means business. How means business. Yeah. But yeah, so they they hire this informant that Amir knows and they he hooks him up with these two guys, the Gonzalez guys or Gonzalo guys and they agreed to do the deal. But they they want to meet eventually want to be able to meet the the uh, what's his name he play I think he makes up the name the the name he picks is the Bob Musella who's an mm-hmm. actual person that was dead mm-hmm. and they decided to go through with it and it's kind of amazing man like just how close it almost fell that's when they got into that fight because they have the initial meeting and the guys have they they have it like in someone's house. And they leave to go party out, but then the guys have to come back because the senior Gonzalo guy, he was already fucked up and drunk. So they drop yeah. him off on the couch and Brian Cranston has to like hide and shit in a closet and he gets mad at Amir about it and they go back and forth and it's just so obvious they don't trust each other. And you're right. They should have figured that shit out before they ever got this heavy into the freaking case. Like, what is yeah. wrong with you, man? Like, get to know each other. Go out for lunch. I don't know. Go 
go bowling, go have, you know, play some pool or something. I don't yeah. know. And b- before that, they showed like a disrespect thing when, when John Guzamo goes to his house and enters through his backyard. Like yeah, he just that was kind of weird. Go through the back door thing. I was like, what the fuck? Go to the front. I was going to say that is that's one of my pet peeves. There we go. That's what I should have said. I don't like um, unannounced guests. Unannounced. Too that drives you know, me crazy, dude. Don't disrespect my 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 home. You know. Yes, I've literally like I know this is weird, but I've literally broken up with a friend because he just would not stop coming over unannounced to my house. Oh damn! And and it wasn't that was the final straw. Like I was already not really. We just we had known each other when we were little, like yeah. elementary school age, like that long ago. And, you know, you just turn into different people when you get older. So I was already like, I really don't really like where you're going. He was more into like, I just want to have a cool car and get get chicks. And that's just not my thing. Like, he was very club guy. Mm. He's a douchebag. And (laughs) so he he, he kept coming unannounced and and then eventually did it. And I was just like, yo, we're going two different directions in our lives. Like, I get we have a great history. Um, You were always a good friend, but. I'd rather this not really be a thing anymore. Like, wow, man, I've never broken up with anybody. I just, I just ignore them. I straight. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, and I just, I, he was, he was so, he had a very thick skull and I was just like, I got to just tell him straight up. Like, I really don't want to be your friend anymore, bro. Yeah. It was hard, man. It was pretty tough. It was an awkward ass conversation, especially face to face man to man yeah but uh he was like i get it cool whatever and he took yeah. off i haven't talked to him since and that that bugged me too because like okay the guy has uh how has wife and kids two kids you yeah. know and john Lee was almost just going into the back door like you, you people get shot for things like that Fuck you yeah. know he's lucky he wasn't in texas yeah dude well he's got his ass capped yeah i it, that is kind of they do kind of make it seem like he's sort of a lo- loose cannon loosey-goosey Kind yeah. kind of you know cuts he cuts corners. Yeah, I don't respect the corners. rules. I don't respect the rules. That it almost the movie almost made it seem like he was crooked at first. Uh yeah. The movie yeah. makes it seem like he's crooked, which I guess Who's adds a little more now? suspense. <laughs> I know because the movie does make it seem that. Well, no, I'm just saying it does. Try, they, that's the movie's fault, not my fault. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna assume a Puerto Rican's gonna stab me in the back, but they do like stabbing people. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so but another thing I have in my notes is uh, at some point in the movie we get that dope ass song. Um, it's called Pusher Man from Curtis Mayfield, and it's a song from the movie Superfly. If you haven't seen Superfly, I covered it on my podcast, yeah. and that song just like stayed in my head. It's like planted in my like a planted a seed in my brain, and I was like, "Oh, dude, that song is so dope." Yeah, it was a good montage. They, they did a whole money montage while that was playing yeah. in the background. It's a good song. It's a really good song. I love that song. Um, and then like basically Cranston, you know Bob works his way up the ranks dude like eventually he gets to benjamin bratt and uh he plays what roberto some shit i forget what his name oh is. you're skipping a lot huh you're ready to get this over with here's one thing well i mean we... no if i'm kind yeah, of i'm skipping anything but yeah like go ahead the strip club scene the strip club scene <laughs> was something that like okay look it's not it's not my job whatever but 
if I was assigned to be a different person, a whole other persona, that means all my connections, all my, you know, obligations. Oh, all, that's all my all my real life. Yeah. Doesn't exist. <laughs> I am not Bob whoever whoever. I am Bob, you know, yeah, whatever his name is. Musala. Musafa, Mus- <laughs> Mufasa. Yeah. And so when they're in the strip club and somebody offers to get him uh just to get him off a little pleasure, a, a little a special special kiss. Yeah, a little special kiss. And I like that. He stops her and he's like, "Oh no, you know, I'm I'm I got to I'm engaged." Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he fucked himself because that's kind of when uh, that's when we get I think her name's Diane Kruger or something like that, uh the actress. Uh, she's gorgeous. I, I, the only movie I know her from is that I think it's, oh, fuck. It's like a weird psychological thriller movie. And I now it escaped my brain, but I think yeah. it has, um, has a really pretty boy guy. Um, God, it's driving me crazy now. Now I need to, now I need no, to look it up. Yeah. Cause it's, it's going to drive me crazy. Um, but because of that, they had to introduce a new character. They had to create a fiance for him now because he made he made this person up, and yes. uh, and that 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 girl. I don't know if you're gonna figure it out, but she, Wicker the, Park is the name of the movie. Wicker oh, Park. Okay. That's the first time I ever saw her. But I think she's also an in Inglorious Bastards. Maybe I might be wrong, but she's she's good. She's good. But her when she got introduced in the movie, like she seemed like kind of dumb. Like, oh, why would they trust her? Why would they bring her in? And then she gradually got like very yeah. smart, very yeah. smart, very with it. Uh, like she was running stuff. It was it was pretty impressive. Yeah, they actually have a really good chemistry. And honestly, I feel probably you were the same way, bro. Like I was waiting for them to to fuck. Basically, <laughs> I was like, he's probably gonna fuck her, right? Because he was I, having issues with his wife because he was not home very much, and he was. It like, must have been. It must have been part of the real story, and they didn't do it in the movie. But it had they. They it hinted, was complicated. They hinted that there was something there. He he would there look at her different. Yeah, you know, and she so, would look at her different. Here's the way I compared it. This is the way I feel. Like, you know, for some of those sitcoms that like like everybody loves Raymond or King of Queens, where those shows lasted nine plus seasons and you have a TV wife, I think you always will have a weird kind of connection to that person, even though you never fucked or you never had. But you have a love for them that's very deep and it may not be the same as your actual wife, but there is something there that's like you just know it's there. And I feel yeah. like that's what I, the way I felt with them, like they may not have been intimate, but there's a real true connection between the two. And their life is on the line. I mean, like stuff it's like that. It's pretty it, hot. It, yeah. I would want to fuck too if like we almost died, but we yeah. kicked ass. Like let's penetrate each other. <laughs> penetrate <laughs> each other. Yeah, you I, you peg me. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> But I I really liked when they added her. It added a slight different dynamic. I think it would the the movie would have been a little bit boring if it was just Brian Cranston trying to get his weasel his way out of tough situations. It was fun when I think one of my favorite scenes is when John Leguizamo he the informants acting like a little bitch and he doesn't feel like he's getting paid enough they're paying him like 250k which is a fuckload in 1985 and 85 yeah that is a shitload of money that could last you years 
especially if you put it in the stock market, which is crooked as fuck. I mean, it's still <laughs> fucked up now, but you could have definitely made money back then. And he's bitching about it. He's like, you, I'm, I'm going to fucking, I'm just going to narc on your ass and let them know that you're a cop and blah, blah, blah. And John Leguizamo threatens him. And I think he puts a knife to his throat, but they're there at the house of like the, one of the bosses uh, for, for the cartel. So they go in there and right away, like the informant is acting like a little bitch. And he's like, he's all pissed off because he got threatened. Mm-hmm. And he tries to call out John Leguizamo like this guy's a fucking cop. Fuck this motherfucker. But John Leguizamo was smart enough to I think he somehow tucked cash into his pocket or something like that. And it made it look like the informant had actually been trying to, you know, top off with some cash that they were actually getting from the. Yeah. Drug yeah. And so the Gonzalo Jr. ends up fucking blowing this dude away or like, not, you know, he doesn't kill him. But one of his guys, one of his minions or whatever, fucking kills him. Yeah, and it was so wicked too. That was close. They, they found him out. They found out he had all this uh, money, like stacks of money, uh, in his, in his underwear. underwear. Yeah. Right, and so he, he like plays it off. He's like, "Oh, J.K., you know, whatever. We're all just kidding." And the guy's <laughs> like, "You know," he's laughing in his face. And then the guy from behind him just bam bangs him, shoots him in the head. It's pretty intense, dude. That part was intense. very intense, yeah. I and I know you didn't like John Leguizamo in this movie, but you gotta admit that was maybe that was a pretty decent performance in that scene. Like, yeah, his reaction, really feel his I might die right now. His reaction <laughs> with seeing somebody like it, I was that close, that could have been me. They don't fuck yes, around, they they're don't not, fuck they're around, not mess, they're not messing around here. That shit and, was real, dude. And they don't care if they kill somebody, you know, because this guy was he was on the inside with them, he was like. You know, their coworkers, they trusted him until they didn't. Yep. And Just so like that. when they don't trust you anymore, they'll get rid of you real quick without no hesitation. And John John Leguizamo was like, fuck, this shit's yeah. real. Fuck yeah, and you, you, you got to think like he's seen people die before, but you wouldn't have thought that by that scene. Because the way he reacted, he was like, he's never seen that before. I think it was the, the fact that it was such a close call because, I mean, he was literally being called out that as a cop. And he knows for goddamn sure well that he's a fucking cop. Yeah. And so I think there's that like it's really scary when you're being accused of something that you actually did. I've never been in that situation, but I would imagine, and then you get away with it still. Yeah, nothing. OJ Simpson style, you know? <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> like that's gotta be an insane feeling. Like the guy's like, he's a cop, but what is he gonna do? Nah. Yeah, he's not gonna be like, no. No. <laughs> no. That would have been me, and I would have gotten capped, yeah. dude. Um, and you were we so we were talking about the fact that there's consequences to working with these guys and that's where that dominic character comes in handy he's he's pretty good too i know him from preacher um and i'm i'm not sure if you've ever seen that show preacher on fx Mm -mm. um i think it's done now but it's based off this graphic novel and if you like kind of that weird horror slash kind of insan insanity like randomness slash com mm. like dark comedy man it is so fucking good mm. so fucking good yeah if you ever have a chance to check out preacher uh it, or even read it if you want to check it out like that too it's really good but he he plays a character in that show and um i think he he's not american but he he does a decent job with like whatever accent he's working with he's kind of seems like he's doing a sort of new york type east coast accent okay. but he's the one he's actually a criminal 
who Bob has some sort of a relationship with. I don't know if he's worked with them before. He's helped them with maybe the way it made it seem like he maybe helped them as an informant for a certain case. Mm. But now Bob actually took him out of custody to help basically be part of his posse and be his driver and his assistant and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So he can keep an eye on what the cartel guys are doing and let them know like what's really going on. But he's kind of the, the party pooper of the movie because every time Bob talks to him, he's like, these motherfuckers will kill you. They'll kill your family. They'll kill yeah. your family. <laughs> They'll dig out your grandmother and chop her head off. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like every time he talks to Dominic, this guy has like the worst news. <laughs> yeah, dude. And but I was like, man, I should have right. fucking retired. I should have retired. Yeah, this was... <laughs> I, I would have thought that like fucking day two being in that case. I'm like, fuck, I should have fucking retired. Yeah, stupid asshole. But you know, in the end, like, so after all that, oh, and then the fact, did you, did did you, I don't know, I read a little bit into it, but did you know that the guy that plays, um, is it Ospina or I may begin that? Espina? Espina? Yeah. Yeah, that Javier Espina. Um, that the actual Javier Espina, because these are all based off real characters, sued the, the move, like the producers and shit, or the, the film distributor or something like that because um or the writer of the film because he felt like they they um you know portrayed him in a very bad way and that's not really how he is because they do portray him as someone who's a little fluid um sort of i guess bisexual because he has a woman with him the whole time but he likes to hit on the guys too yeah you know he he tried to uh, grab uh he tried to bobby lee how <laughs> yeah he tried to bobby <laughs> he tries to bobby lee how dude he tries to really really get a one up on his ass yeah dude and it, it is it is his girl that he had like her tattoo seemed out of date not out of date but just not uh, of that time period right like she had neck tattoos You're like the tattoo the tattoos, that, the tattoos that she had, and I'm not a tattoo expert or a history history person, but yeah. they just seem kind of off for '86, you know. I did notice that she doesn't say a line. I don't nothing. Think. She doesn't. Say There's nothing. that one part where they first meet each other, and I think Bob tries to Cranston's character. He tries to like introduce himself to her, and and uh, the dude Ospina's like, oh, you, she doesn't need to know you. <laughs> like, yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. damn, you have to be a fucking dickhead, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> But the other scene that really stuck with me um, is when Cranston goes, he finally gets the opportunity to get introduced because he had he meets Benjamin Bratt's character, which is like mm-hmm. Roberto some shit. Roberto uh, Al- Al- Alcaino or Alcaino or something like that. Um, he meets him, him and that guy is like pretty up there and he becomes friends with his ass and he trusts him. Which is really fucked up. That's kind of if you think of this movie as a love story, yeah, it's a tragic love story between Brian Cranston's character <laughs> and Benjamin Bratt's character, right? No, for for, for real, I dude. felt that shit at the end. I was like, oh fuck, man! If I thought I trusted someone like that and they fucked me over, I'd be like, fuck. Dude. Yeah, because when they when they met to uh, Benjamin Bratt, even mentioned like, oh, I gave this guy a matching ring that he had, like his pinky ring yes. that he had, like. I gave him jewelry because we, we were that tied, and then he he turned against me, broke my heart. He all was an stuff. informant. Yeah, he was an informant. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the guy that gets shot in the car that uh, he's with Bob. Yes. Bob goes to him and he's in the car and they fucking kill his ass. But luckily they didn't see Bob in there. Yeah. He's like he didn't fucking die from that car wreck. That car wreck was intense, dude. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a big fucking wreck. Flipped out, flipped everything, and fuck, he just dude. he just walked out. He just walked away. Yeah, he walks out, goes into a hotel that was like right there. <laughs> just this movie's intense. Like we can't really. You have to kind of watch this movie if you want to. You can watch it for free on YouTube, but it's edited. Like there's no. Um, it's not edited. It's censored. All the cuss words, but you can watch it on Tubi, and it's it's uncensored. I don't know how you watched it. I sent you on, the YouTube uh, link. But... Yeah, I watched it on Freevee. Freevee? I watched yeah. it on, on Tubi. That's weird how close that sounds. But so it's all it's all weird. Like it gets all intense, and then Applebee's commercial was like, "Oh man, okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, diapers commercial. Here we go. Cool. Yeah, but that was a close call. That that one definitely shook uh, uh, Bill Bill's character, and he was like fucking he was pretty scared at that point and i think he calls dominic and dominic tells him like shake it off that never fucking happened yeah don't even think about it but then he does he they do end up reporting i think tom brokaw himself is featured in this movie as himself mm. and he reports on the on the murder and mentions how he's an informant and then uh benjamin bratt's characters talks about it and this and that it's really fucking awkward because he's literally talking about someone he got close to that fucked him over and how he gave him this rare ring that he only had two of or some shit. And he's talking to a guy who is literally undercover fucking him over. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nah, man, that sounds shitty, but you could trust me. <laughs> it's almost like if you're cheating on your wife and the woman that you're cheating on her with is talking about how she's been cheating on, been cheated on so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, that sucks. Yeah, you know? that's gotta be rough. People are fucking assholes, dude. <laughs> really? It's so it's so awkward. They, like, become bad. Like, I, you could almost do a sequence in this movie where it's like, you're my best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they're watching boxing and they're having drinks. They're having a they good time. Food. They're laughing. Like, oh, they're broing out, dude. <laughs> they really do bro out. But he eventually, the scene I was referring to earlier was when he goes to the santeria dude they, that was wild yes they're finally gonna let him get up to the next level but he has to visit this santeria priest that basically does a ceremony on you and it determines whether you are of like truth like you're like coming in and being an honest person mm -hmm. or if you're not and immediately we see this one guy come down he gets on his knees he does the thing the ceremony Boom! Blast the motherfucker in the between the eyes because he doesn't yeah. pass the test. But Brian Cranston's character that does scene, that scene because I don't know if it was a freebie thing or what. It it just happened like out of nowhere. Cranston was blindfolded in the back of a jeep, and I was I, it just threw me off. I was like, what What happened? Like, how did he get there? But yeah. I don't know if it was like the edit that I was watching or something because no, just... that's just the way the movie is. Oh yeah, okay. It's a little discombobulated. That yeah, I think to save time because the movie's not it's not short i think yeah. it's like a, two, a little over two hours maybe. a little over two yeah um and it probably could have been longer but i think the movie definitely kind of cuts some things pretty hard to get into a situation uh to avoid all the the stuff that would need to build up to get there because yeah all of a sudden benjamin bratt's like oh i want to introduce you to some 
to the boss bosses of my boss. I want to mm-hmm. introduce you to them. And then boom, we cut to him being blindfolded. And he's all like scared and shit. He's all like fucking shaking in the car. He's like breathing hard, but he's just sitting down. I don't know if he's just scared. But... Yeah, man. Cool. Look, it looks scary. Like they're cutting chickens' heads off and they're like fucking <laughs> all this stuff. They're doing some like mad, like just some mad ass crazy shit. It was crazy. And, and he's like scared of his life. Like he's like, oh, I'm going to die tonight. This is it. This is the way it ends. I'm going to die with like some dead chickens and this dead white guy that's next to me. And yeah, this is going to be it. But no, he happens to pass the test for some reason, even though he's full of shit, too. Yeah. And that's when he meets. Um, He meets one of the one of the main bad guys that. Uh, that works. I, I think it's uh, Rudy Armbrecht or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that never wants to shake his hand for a while. Oh, he's yeah, like trying to shake yeah. his hand. He doesn't shake his hand, but he's one of Pablo Escobar's like main dudes. Uh huh. So he gets accepted into them. He eventually does earn that guy's trust. I forget what happened. He does something that like makes him earn that guy's trust. And by the way, I know we're not touching on a whole bunch in this movie, but there's this whole thing with the BCCI Panama Bank. They're the ones that basically help launder the money yeah. and they deposit the money in there and the bank helps to distribute the money to different places. Mm-hmm. So that way you it never gets sniffed at by the FBI. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's always moving. Basically what to launder money, it's that that means you have a fuckload of money, but it, you don't want it to look obvious that you're just getting all this money from nowhere. So you have to distribute the money to all these different places. That's what mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I've never yeah. been deep into crime, <laughs> that deep into crime. No, you just, you just spread it around. You spread it around, <laughs> make it make it look less, less suspicious. Like So it's not yes. like all these chunks of money is just like, oh, we're just all like dispersing and moving it around everywhere else. Uh, it yeah. seems complicated and very tedious and you need to trust people for this to work out and it 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 turns out bcci was deep into this and managing a lot of different cartel money and making a fuckload of money themselves doing this and there's like a whole scene where they have like the president um talking to like all his different all the different bank people that are there and he's like we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and we're doing all this shit but you're seeing like all the money moving around and all this drug shit going on so they were kind of an intricate part of this whole this whole uh process this this cartel you know yeah it was just a little scene to to prove like banks are evil you know yeah very powerful because the reason they were able to get away with a lot of stuff was they had connections directly to the u.s government Mm mm-hmm like it gets pretty shady, dude. Mm-hmm. It gets pretty fucking shady. You know, the US government's gonna overlook some stuff they're gonna do because they're in ourselves are invested in them as well. So we don't yeah. really want them to get in trouble. That's kind of fucked up, man. Yeah, it is fucked up. Ah, dude. And you can imagine, I mean, I think things have always been shady in in, in all of government. Like all governments are fucking shady as hell. Yeah. But I feel like in the eighties, bro, ooh, man. Things yeah, because it, it was it was all it was all brand new. It was all a new thing. They just saw the the the, the money rush, or what do they call it the sea sea chase or the cash chase or something like yeah, that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It was it all was that cash so... flowing from the drug because it's weird. It's like it's weird. Like as much as the U.S. wants to wanted to stop drugs uh, at that time, 
they were also very much benefiting from it in different ways. The economy yeah. was getting from it too. Yeah, man, it was. It, they treated it as a legal business, even though it's dealing with illegal, like the drugs and all this stuff. They were like, "Well, this is this is making us rich, you know. So we want to yeah. take part of it, you know. We want to be a part of it or, or lose out, you know. What what choice do we have but to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. And uh, one of the last scenes I want to talk about because you know you can read about this. It's a true story, whatever. You fucking. One of the, the last scenes I want to talk about is the the, the anniversary scene where <laughs> yeah. Cranston completely forgets his anniversary. He he's so into his character. Yeah. And he did de- he didn't get a reservation, so now he feels like shit. So they sit in the back of the restaurant and he runs into Gonzalo Sr., the older mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, sit down, sit down, like blah blah blah. It's like, dude, this is because he's with a different woman than Gonzalo. No, like he's like, oh, is this your fiance? He's like, no, this is just my secretary or whatever. Yeah. And the the main guy, and this is a really nice restaurant where they wouldn't be making mistakes usually. And the mm-hmm. server comes out and he's like, oh, here's the cake you ordered, and it says happy anniversary. And to make up, like I guess to kind of hide it. Cranston just starts yelling at him. He's like, "Did I tell you to say I said happy birthday? I didn't say happy anniversary." Blah blah blah. It's her yeah. birthday, and he loses his shit, dude. I can't imagine belittling somebody the way he did. Like that is he had he had to do it, man. Because like, you were about to find to. out. It wasn't like, oh no, you made a mistake. Just send this back. This is a birthday cake. And he's like, like, what the fuck is your problem? You know? Yeah. <laughs> he fucking stuffs his dude's face. Uh, so so mean, it's so demean, dude. dude. It's so demean. I would have left that dude to like. I would have done all that, but then left him a tip for like a thousand dollars. Yeah, because I mean, he has the money. He, ha- I mean, it would have been not his money, but he has the money too. Like, it's a write off. It's, it's a, a write off. <laughs> yeah, to fucking forward that to the agency, dude. Yeah. Because that is fucked up to put someone through something like that just to cover up your ass. But I mean, that it's life or death, dude. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, if you really watch this movie and you're not just like, oh, I want to exp- – because like you said, this movie didn't probably didn't do as good as it could have because it didn't have a bunch of – it had explosions. But it wasn't a bunch of action and glorifying drugs and glorifying being a drug lord. Yeah. But when you really watch this and you really put yourself in that position, it's terrifying. Like, mm-hmm. your life is on the line every single day, every single moment. I just could not imagine the kind of pressure – that you must feel and the anxiety having to be undercover. Like that's the most terrifying thing about this film. Yeah. All throughout there's, there's parts where they could have been busted. They could have been, it could have been revealed all throughout this movie. So I'm like, fuck man, this is fucking stressful. Now a cake, a cake is going to take him down. Nah, fuck that. You go, you're going in that cake, man. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Like the fact that like the, uh, that Vato Ospina, he he's a very they the movie portrays him as someone that's very um what is it like he's he he's very like he can kind of look at stuff he's almost like a detective and shit like he sees yeah. little details and shit like he's very intuitive yeah he's very intuitive and there's a part where he's high and fucked up as shit because the camera kind of goes point of view with him and everything's kind of blurry but he still notices one of the biggest things is that. Bob's main device to getting evidence on all this. The briefcase. He has a briefcase. And it's like 007 bullshit, but it was wild, yeah. Yeah, he has to like twist this little eagle icon, this little eagle 
pin to turn it on and to off, turn yeah. it on and off. And he turns it on every time he's going to meet with everybody, but nobody notices. And the way in the inside, it's kind of hidden. It kind of reminds me of Desperado where he has like the guitar case, but like mm-hmm. he presses a button. And it's like all the fucking guns. This has a recording shit in it, but it nobody ever fucking notices it except Ospina, but he's all fucked up and he embarrasses them in an important meeting with the bank. Mm-hmm. And later on, they go to a club to start dancing and stuff. And Ospina comes up to him and he's like, I know you're up to something. I know who you are. But then right when he says that, boom, 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 the fucking cartel assassinates him because just because he was acting like an ass during a meeting. Oh, and this guy wow. was like pretty okay. high up there. That was See, why they yeah, killed him. I missed that part. I was like, they just fucking killed him. Like, yeah, I thought I thought Cranston had something to do with that. I, no. I thought like he had him killed. Nope. Okay. That was just because he was acting like an asshole to the bank guys. Well, cause I thought he got him killed. Cause like the glue that's on this briefcase, the cheapest glue in the it world, got a little it just, loose. It just came undone, <laughs> revealing like the eight track that was in there. You know, the real, the real, the real, the that real, was the real dude. Yeah. dude. That goes to show you like how how analog was that technology? Like, could you imagine like which at that time, '86, we had tapes, we had recording devices, we did have cassette tapes. We didn't. Yeah. It wasn't real to real shit. So like, it was every now and then, like they would go back to like the '70s. It technology. felt very '70s. Some of this movie, yes. You know, they were they were definitely the budget wasn't quite there, so they had to be incredibly. Uh, and I mean, maybe it's because real to real might be more reliable because cassettes can be kind of shitty to you. Like, if I you, guess they can. Yeah. Fuck, they're more likely to tangle up and stuff like that. Maybe that was it. But yes, it was insane. And is there's that one part where the main banking, one of the main banker banker guys is like, oh, I really like your suitcase. Can I take a look at it? Because uh, I, I had asked myself in my notes at some point, I was like, how is no one asked them, why do you have to have your suitcase at every fucking meeting? Like, he always has it, like, up on the table. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, it's open. I think it hears better. Like, it <laughs> captures the recording better when it's open. Maybe. Yeah. But I was like, how has no one asked him that? And then finally, one of the Vatos asked him, and he shows it to him, and that's when I saw that. Oh, okay, he it has like a glue that keeps it together, mm-hmm. but the it loosened up, and Ospina caught just a little glimpse of it, but mm-hmm. he was not able to ever let anyone else know because he made an ass of himself and they fucking shot his punk ass. Yeah, and by this time they they had so much trust in the Brian. Cranston, they had a lot like, of trust, so he was a good guy. He was proving himself. And then Espino was coming a, becoming a liability because he gets all fucked up and then he, he gets handsy with people and it's bad for business and all this stuff. So yeah. they, I mean, they were just looking for a reason to take him out. And then they had the reason they're like, we're done with this guy. Boom. Yes. And so eventually they, uh, his, the agency decides to go ahead and raid Roberto's home, uh, Benjamin Bratt's home. They, mm-hmm. they raid his home. They don't really find anything, but um, things are coming together. Things are coming together because it's so insane that this is a real story. That yeah. all these people, all these in, incredibly important drug cartel individuals got so close to Brian Cranston and his wife, his fake wife, mm-hmm. or his fake fiance, that they all decided to go to this Vato's wedding. And we have this intricate wedding. Well, they, I think I feel like they had to do that because they were about to be like kind of found out. Like people weren't really trusting him until they said, "Like, no, come to the biggest day of my life." Yeah, and they're like, "Why would this guy, a bad guy? Why would the bad guy to them, you know, yeah, uh, want us closer?" 
So I mean, yeah. I think they did that. They invited him to their wedding, their fake wedding, uh, to and show. These drug like, cartels love wet. Like these, I I would feel like if I was a drug lord, I would love to go to special events like that and just look dope as shit. Like the way Benjamin Bratt looks when he comes in, because yeah. kind of, well, because after the whole raiding of his house, it's it's kind of insane because uh, Bob tries to get Benjamin Bratt's uh, or Roberto. He tries to get Roberto's wife to not. To, to leave the country because mm-hmm. they have grown close to them. They have grown close to them as a couple. And he's like, just leave the country. It's not safe. He wanted her to leave because he didn't want her to get arrested and he mm-hmm. doesn't want her to do time. She could have gotten away with everything she did because she would have gotten, she's obviously, you know, part of it. Because, I, uh, because how, because Cranston was getting close to Benjamin Brett, his wife. Yes, they, got they all close. got along. So it was kind of like, it was a conflict of interest. Like he was like, yeah, it was. Get he was out of here. trying to help He's... her out while he could. Yeah. He even took her far away from his recording device. He was like, I'm just letting you know you need to leave. And she just refused because she's too loyal to yeah. Roberto. So then he's like, well, okay, she might do some time. It's not going to be much, but you know what? Roberto's, there's no way he's going to show up. This guy's a fugitive to the law. He just got away from, from the raid. But he decides to fucking show up. He has a new passport. It's like a Fernando, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he he tells him, look, nothing's going to keep me away from family. And I was like, in my heart, I was like, oh, bro. Damn. If you hadn't showed up, you would have been okay. Like, you could have gotten away. Yeah. But he shows up. They have the wedding. The authorities show up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I want I want to go back to this because, okay, so... They're doing the fake wedding, but for some reason, Brian Cranston's gonna wear the same tuxedo that he wore to his <laughs> actual wedding, which makes zero sense. You have all this money in you the world. You have a lot of money. Yeah. You have all the money in the world. Why would you send your fake fiance to go pick up your real wedding tux from your real wife? Like that just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, for the story, it was good because that's when the, the yeah. wife met the fiance and they actually had a chance to talk. And the wife was just straight out like, are you fucking my husband? Yes. And honestly, I would have asked that, too, because everything is so classified, so confidential. And you're right. I would not be surprised if they just shoehorn this little bit in for the film itself to keep it interesting. Yeah. This didn't actually happen. Yeah. Because that is it, weird. It he could have just bought a tux easily. Like... They they planned it ahead of time. They had time to get him a tux if they needed to, but yes, they have the they set up this scene where Kathy, I think her name is, who's the undercover fiance, meets up with Brian Cranston's wife in the film, yeah. and yeah, she straight up asks her, "Are you fucking my husband?" And she's like, "Look, I." He tells me this about you. This, uh, like, she tells her, "This is all the stuff I know about you because he won't shut the fuck up about you, and you're yeah. a very lucky woman." You know. Yeah, so I guess it was a good scene for that, and there was no other no other way to to, to shoehorn it in or, or however you say yeah. it. But like, it just didn't. Make, I was like, why would he wear the same tux? Yeah, conceptually, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, what? yeah. And why would you want Kathy going over to your actual home? Like, what if someone's watching her? It just seems like way too dangerous to be doing yeah. any shit like that. But yeah, that does happen. And oh my god, the wedding. We have like, there's that part where they have, you know, in every wedding they have like, if anyone doesn't, you know, agree with this happening, or I, I forget the line or whatever, you know, everyone's heard it before. And I guess I haven't been to enough weddings to so think of the line, but 
Yeah. They're like, if anyone has any like objection to this marriage, like please speak up. And they have them look at everybody, and they're looking at everyone. Everyone's just smiling at them. It's like, yeah, oh, all of y'all are yeah. about to get arrested. <laughs> y'all have no idea what's about to happen right now. <laughs> yes, and just boom, man, the fucking cops come through, and you see, like, it's weird because uh, Roberto's wife is going insane, and she's cussing at them, and like, you know, in Spanish, and telling them like that they're traitors, but. What really fucking got me, man, because Benjamin Bright is actually a pretty good actor. Just the way he stares his eyes, Bob, dude. It's just like, you fucking, fucking piece of shit, dude. Like, you deserve to be like that. That look was deep. And I don't understand, like, because when when the raid happened, when everybody everybody busted in, the, the, the feds or whoever busted in uh cranston and his wife just stood there or his fiance just stood there why wouldn't they go along and act like they're trying to escape just like everybody yeah. else is trying to run off like but no they just stood there and they watched they were like everybody. obviously a part of it yes instead of know, being I, like hey can y'all just pretend to arrest us so that yeah. way they don't know <laughs> yeah so that was like a fuck you to like everybody that they just like busted or like, yeah it made. was <laughs> They might as well have just throw the bird. They, put, they just sat back and they're just like watching <laughs> yeah. it happen. Like, look at all y'all motherfuckers going down. I did this to y'all, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I honestly think they both didn't give a fuck about any of the other people getting arrested. Any of the Gonzalos, none of them. Yeah. But, but except Roberto and his wife, because they did get close to them and they did build a relationship because they were, they had to. They, yeah. Roberto was like that sort of, um, uh, like, the bridge in between the lower bosses to the uh, higher guys closer to Escobar. What's funny is that they don't ever actually get Escobar. No, he got away. He still, they didn't get him to later. No, it was, yeah. They just got some of the main people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, they, they, they fucked around they caught feelings for the bad guys. And then they, they just watched them get taken away, get arrested. And they're like, well, that's the way it goes. And, but there's an emotional attachment. Like they both are kind of emotional about it. And the movie from there, like you, they still, you could still see that little connection between them two. Um, they both feel a little bit down about the way it all ended, but yeah. that's just the way it goes. And then we get like brief backgrounds with, with all the different characters. We find out that nearly like at the, like nearly 2 trillion in cash is laundered every year around the globe, which is fucking Dude. It's wild, dude. That's wild. We're in the wrong industry, bro. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, because I know people way dumber than us are in this industry. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's a it's a shame, but I I just don't have the um. I just I can't stand the constant anxiety. I couldn't stand the constant anxiety Mm-mm. if I was in that business. And you know, and I I won't say any names or anything, but I've had opportunities to be very close to that kind of business. Yeah. Um, as a lower end type of person, but I just can't do that shit, man. Yeah, stress gives me that. diarrhea, and I would be just dehydrated all the time. I can't I take don't. it. I get enough yeah. there. This beer alone, this fucking Voodoo Ranger IPA, dude, I, it makes me gassy enough, man. I can't fucking. <laughs> yeah, I can't handle secrets. <laughs> I'll, fucking, I'll never stop shit. I want to wear a diaper. <laughs> yeah, dude. So as you know, I like to do quick impressions of the movies I cover. This is a segment I like to call Quick Impressions. <coughs> quick Impressions. Roberto, I'm glad you're here. 
But there is a part of me that wishes you hadn't taken that risk. Without family or friends, what kind of world would this be? There would be no reason to be alive. Hmm? It's a good day. Roberto, I'm glad you are here. But there's a part of me that wishes you hadn't taken the risk. And without family or friends, what kind of world is it? There'd be no reason to be alive. Hmm? It's a good day. <laughs> That's Benjamin Bratz <laughs> Latino voice. That's solid, dude. That was solid. <laughs> and as you know, Patty, I like to cover these movies by my favorite mustaches. You get the hor- uh, I'm sorry. The full Fu Manchu recommendation for fuck yeah. You get the walrus mustache recommendation for pretty damn good. The horseshoe mustache for eh, not bad. And the Hitler mustache burn this movie in hell. And you're welcome to be inventive and come up with your own in-between category if you'd like. What would you rate this uh, this movie as? Uh, horseshoe. 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 Okay. For sure. yeah. I was expecting that. All right. Yeah. I mean, it, I saw it, saw it twice, and I think it was enough. I was very impressed the first time I saw it, and then the second time when I took the notes or whatever, yeah. I was like, man. You started seeing some... I started seeing the issues that I had with it. I was like, why is he wearing the same tux? You know? (laughs) I like how that broke it for you. Why are they jogging? Why is he chewing gum and drinking beer at the same time? It's just all this (laughs) stuff that was bothering me about the movie. I was like, ah. (laughs) Why is he chewing gum and drinking beer? Yeah, dude. Fucking John Leguizamo. Do a movie without chewing gum, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now I want to go back to see John Wick and see if he's chewing gum in that movie. I'm not Bet sure he is. is. You know, I have a friend that wants to cover the pest, dude. The pest. Uh, he, that's one of John Leguizamo's like first comedy yeah. like feature films, and it is pretty fucking rough. Pretty yeah. rough. I mean, it was funny back when it came out, you know, because it was just ridiculous, but like it's kind of like pointless to watch. It now. doesn't like, hold like, up. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be cringe and racist probably because I think he yeah. does like some Asian caricatures. Oh, yeah. Pretty bad. Sure. Yeah. We're yeah, talking yeah. about John Leguizamo. Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. Good thing he doesn't still do stand up. Jesus Christ. Now he oh, just does one man theater shows, right? Or... Yeah, now he's trying to be. I can't stand when he's like people that that made like bad movies about stereotypes and all this stuff that they get all upset. He's all mad that uh, Franco is going to play Pablo Escobar. Uh, James Franco. Yeah. He's going to. Yeah. He's upset because Franco's not Latino and he's like, well, you know, there's so many other Latino actors that could be playing a Cuban, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But I was like, it's called acting, bro. Yeah, dude. (laughs) they're not going to put him in brown face, you know, or, you know, I don't know what you call it when like, they're trying to look Latino. Cause I've seen a lot of movies where they're trying to look native American or Latino. Would you just call that taco face? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only we can make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway. They um, bean boyed him. <laughs> they beamed him up, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like I, I saw. I've only seen it once, all the way through. But I did give it a really good fucking view. I actually, 
I think it. I'm leaning less toward Leguizamo's performance and more to, toward Brian Cranston's performance. I thought he yeah. did a pretty damn good job carrying the film. It was great. I yeah. liked a lot of the characters. Benjamin Bratt was really freaking good. I constantly felt nervous for. I felt anxiety for Brian Cranston. I was like, and these kind of movies tend to get. I don't like to watch these kind of movies because they're too fucking real. Yeah. They make me fucking nervous because I'm just I know these I know how these motherfuckers I may not have ever I've never never been associated with people like that. But like I understand like how dangerous it is. The wrong step, the wrong move, the wrong words and you're fucking done, dude. Yeah, dude. And and I have like major trust issues. Like I question all my friendships, all my relationships. I question them without a doubt. So to see somebody get set up like that, like I kind of felt for Benjamin Brett. I was like, oh, me homie. too. <laughs> because let's face it, me and you have known some cats that are a little shady, but they're they're still deep inside. They're they're good people. They just they found that they're just happen to be in a business that's not. Legal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not legal, and it sucks because there are some very good people. I feel like Benjamin Bratt's character, uh, Roberto, was pretty fucking cool, and it's just like, damn, dude, it sucks, dude. That that's just the way shit is. Like that's yeah. just the way it is. And you, he even tries to justify it in the film, like people want it, so I'm part of the business. But at the same time, you you're selling something that's pretty difficult. Like once you've tried it, it's kind of difficult to drop it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, uh, but anyway, I honestly give this a, um, I give this a kind of a low tier Warris mustache. Low tier Warris. Yeah, a little bit above the horseshoe because I honestly would watch this movie again, especially if I just kind of, um, maybe I'm cleaning the house and I just want to kind of play it and catch into the like the more exciting parts or some of the more the scenes that i kind of like and stuff like that but i can also see why this didn't make a big splash and why a lot of people probably have never seen this film yeah you know it doesn't really it doesn't stay with you i feel like i might forget a lot about this film in the next week yeah (laughs) to be quite honest yeah it it wasn't no blow you know yeah (laughs) Yeah, it definitely wasn't blow. I like my drug movies to glorify glorify drugs, you know, (laughs) and make me wish for a better time. This this movie didn't make me wish to be born or be uh, an adult in the eighties. No, it makes you feel shitty. Yeah, it was just too business. It was all about all about the business. I like to party in the business mix, and it does give that great white hope feeling of like all this like fucking this white guy comes in and just fixes the world and you know yeah fucks over all these latinos like i guess <laughs> i don't know yeah, why part of yeah. me i still feel that i'm just like man i didn't man. i didn't even think about that but now i, I feel do, that now shit, i'm just dude. like man fuck how dude <laughs> how could go fuck himself i hope his wife did his wife actually divorce him later on did they say that in the in the end or no, no I think still, they stay together. They're, they're they stay together. together. Yeah. yeah, they stayed together somehow. And he still stayed friends with uh, John Leguizamo's character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess it worked out. So, Patty, do you have anything you'd like to plug for the show before we call it a day, man? Uh, when does this come out? Um, This will probably be out next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So uh, Friday the 26th, I have a show that I'm running called Fantastic Damage. It's a comedy storytelling show uh, where we tell true stories about, uh, you know, embarrassing moments, weird, awkward times, things that weren't funny before, but that we try to make funny now. Uh, Ooh, I have a few of those. 
Yeah, dude. It, it's a lot of fun. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, so we're doing that Friday the 26th at the Blind Tiger. That's in the comedy club underneath the Magic Time Machine. In San Antonio uh, for in anyone San, that's not. Oh, sorry. In San <laughs> sorry, dude. All, all my podcasts are like hella local. So yeah, I this don't one's hella not local. Yeah, okay. So if you're in San Antonio, this is, uh, yeah, Blind Tiger Comedy Club underneath the Magic Time Machine. 10 p.m., $10 at the show. And uh, yeah, everything I'm, else. I'm that i'm gonna yeah, go that yeah just come fun. check it out uh, everything else twitter and instagram at your homie pat or babacoacore.com for all my comedy dates and whatnot sweet and you know where to find the podcast yo uh you can dm me some movie options some movie ideas if you want to be on the show at mustachio podcastio on instagram and at m podcastio on twitter um did you give your instagram twitter stuff yeah at your homie pat at your homie pat Thank you so much, Patty, for being on the show. I know you got stuff to do. I'm try sorry for keeping you a little no, bit longer man. than we wanted. No, this is fun. I'm glad you had me on, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. This, this is, is hella fun, dude. Until yeah. next time, we'll catch you later. Later. Bye.